Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. I'm so glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into a message from Pastor Roger. But before we do, I want to encourage you, connect with us online. Whether that's following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, or it's subscribing to our YouTube page or this podcast, do it. We want to stay connected. And another great way you can connect with us is be our guest on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger. The, the legacy thing that we did last year, and if you weren't here, um, it was just a lot of fun. It was, um, we, we raised a lot of money on a, on a Sunday uh, to be able to uh, use up this whole building that we're in, and it's just, it's really incredible uh, that we were able to do that, and I know there hasn't been a lot of show work. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you're when you're working somewhere, you got to do the show work, you know? Like, you got to put up the wall they see first, and then, and then do all the stuff they don't see. Um, but for the past year, we've been doing a lot of stuff with the architects and the engineers and just uh, making sure the budgets are good with the bank and all of that kind of stuff. And um, so just to let you know where we're at, so we, we are finally uh, with plans that have been submitted to the city, uh, plans that are now out to bid to contractors, and plans that are being appraised by the bank. So thank you, Jesus. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> pretty cool. We... Um, you know, the, the ongoing giving every, that you guys do every week, we, we all do every, every week, that's what funds sort of the operation of the church. But it's those moments like the Legacy Sunday that we did that allow us to really dream, that allow us to, to think big. And, um, and I just want to say that we're, we're building that into the life of the church. And so uh, the second week of November, we're going to be doing that again, the, the Legacy Sunday. And I would just encourage you to begin praying about What's, just, what's the best you could do this year? I, I don't want you to make an, a foolish decision. I don't want you to be manipulated or pressured into giving. None of that. I just want you to be praying for the next few months about what, where's the best we can be this year on that. And, um, and I'm just believing God's going to uh, do an incredible miracle uh, the second week of November again. And um, I'm just looking forward to it. You'll hear more about it soon. Um, See if there's any other things I need to I need to cover. Um, oh, best Sunday ever! So we're doing best Sunday ever. So here's the deal. Let me let me tell you a little secret about Christians. Here's a secret about Christians. Christians have stolen holidays for centuries. That's what we do, okay? We steal other people's holidays and we make them about Jesus. You'll see people on YouTube that are like, ah, Easter's a pagan holiday. And we're like, what? Doesn't matter. We made it about Jesus. And so, uh, like, Christmas shouldn't actually be in December. Too bad. We made it about Jesus. That's, that's what we do. Uh, we have stolen, we have uh, uh, culturally appropriated other holidays from pagans and turned them into Christian holidays. That's what we do. And so... <laughs> Uh, so what we do around here in the in the fall is we do a thing called Best Sunday Ever. And it's just a made-up holiday that we do as a church. And because here's the deal, the best Sunday ever is the Sunday that your friend, your family member, your coworker gives their life to Jesus. And so it's going to be a lot of fun, just a really fun uh, time around here. And that will be the same Sunday that we go to three services. Um, just as the fall increases, we, we lose capacity quick. And by the time we're able to plan for it, it's already too crowded. So um, so we're going to three services. It'll be in about two weeks. And um, I think 
think it's the 25th of the month. And so that'll be 8.30, 10, and 11.30. So next week's normal, but the week after that, I believe, yeah, the week after that, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm not really in charge here. I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, if you don't know, today is September 11th, and uh, it's, it's a day that we will never forget. I was in college at that time, and I remember um, walking across the campus, not really knowing what was going on, and, and then when I discovered what was going on and began to see the video of it, um, it, it really shifted America that day, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it did something in, in, our, in our worldview as Americans, and um, truly it... Um, it unified America in a way that America has not been unified like that since. And, and I just pray that it does not take another situation like that to get us to get along. And in a minute, we're going to pray. We're going to just pray for those um, family members that are still grieving and for our country. But I just want to say that we, we remember the 2,977 people uh, that lost their lives that day. We, we remember the, the men and women that were working in the Trade Center that day, um, just going about their everyday lives, not, not expecting anything crazy. We remember the men and women that were flying in airplanes, maybe on their way to work or on a leisurely travel trip, who lost their lives in that horrible event. And we remember the people in the Pentagon and the people in that field in Pennsylvania um, who all lost their lives that day. And if you're here today and, and what you just wanted to scream out is, it was all a conspiracy. I just want to say, that's, that's, that's for you to talk about. That's not now. We remember people that lost their lives. Yeah. And um, what, a, what a horrible situation that propelled our country into um, just a lot of stuff as well the 343 firefighters that went charging into the World Trade Center and lost their lives, the, the 71 police officers that, that lost their lives, and um, heroes, heroes that, that ran in toward danger. While, while most people flee danger, those firemen and those policemen chased, cha chased danger down. And while they, they paid an ultimate sacrifice, their families paid a bigger one. And it, it does us well to remember them and to honor them. So would you pray with me? <clears throat> Lord, I, I just, uh, I thank you for uh, the men and women that um, were, were there to protect those in harm that day. And, and I pray that you would be with all of those families who have loved ones that are still leaving gaping holes in their lives. I pray for the children that were raised without a mom or without a dad. Uh, because of that tragedy. And I pray that you would comfort them today, that you would be with them, and, and you, would, you would strengthen them today. God, I pray for those families that have never been the same since. Lord, that today that they, would just, they would just sense your peace that passes understanding that you would be with them. And, and Lord, I thank you for this incredible country we live in, and I pray for our country God, may it not take another tragedy like that for us to uh, get along, for us to be united, for us to move forward. But I pray that 
the next uniting force in our country would be a revival of the Holy Spirit, that it would be a revival of your power, men and women walking in step with you, that that would be the greatest unifying force that this nation has ever seen. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, I, I just want to say there, there's a... a um, there's a business opportunity for someone. If, if you're looking for a business to start, those little um, communion Lunchables, <laughs> if you can make one that tastes good and doesn't give you diabetes, <laughs> that's a million-dollar idea for somebody. I'm just... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, during first service, you guys were on it. I just want to say that. I just want to say you guys are like a step above the first service because during communion, during communion, you guys all had your things undone. First service, it sounded like raindrops. Everybody trying to get those things open. It's like, <laughs> he's like, take the bread. And everybody's like, oh, no, I forgot to take the bread. You guys were all like pros. You already had it done. Good job. Uh, <laughs> hey, have you ever uh, lost something that you didn't anticipate losing? Yeah, so I lose things pretty much all the time. That's why I have a tile. Anybody else have a tile or like the Apple tag? Those things are amazing. Tile is great. I can find my phone. I can find my keys. A couple years ago, we, we were living in Middleton at the time, and uh, I misplaced my wallet. And I couldn't find my wallet, and I was looking around for, for my wallet. And, and so, so a wallet is it's like a cell phone, but, um, but it's, made out of, it's, it's made out of leather. And inside of it, there's these plastic cards. You know, like PayPal, but it's different. It's card. Uh, <laughs> there's all this paper. Sorry. Um, so <clears throat> I'm just explaining it to people that don't yeah, yeah. don't have leather wallets. And so, uh, so I lost my I lost my wallet, and um, I was looking around for it. I was like looking all over the house. And I asked my wife because that's that's the answer. You know, when you lose something at your house, at least at my house, if I lose something. I just say, hey, hey, Kimmy, where did, I, where did I leave this? And she's like, oh, you know, you left it over there by the microwave. I'm like, great. Uh, I, asked, I said, where's my wallet? She's like, I don't know. Where'd you leave it? And I was like, well, that's really helpful. And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking around the house trying to find it. And I went like a whole day without my wallet. The next day I, was, I came back. I was like, babe, I don't know. It's my wallet. So, uh, so she's like, well, did you, did you look everywhere? I mean, have you looked in the closet? Have you looked in the pants you wore yesterday, right? Like, great. That's usually where stuff is. Am I right, guys? Like, that's, that's where your stuff usually is in the pants you wore the day before. And so I was, like, I was looking everywhere, and I couldn't find my wallet. And so I came home. This is, like, day three or something. And I said, babe, I don't know what. I, don't, I must have left it in a store or something. She said, well, did you check the truck or the car? Did you check the car? I said, no. She said, well, you need to just clean the car anyway. So get in there and start looking. So I'm, like, digging through the car, and I've got a vacuum, and I'm vacuuming up, you know, French fries because you have not cleaned. You have not detailed the car until you found the french fry like there's there's always one i don't care if it's a bentley i don't care how nice that car is there's a french fry and you go until you find it and 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 so i was looking i couldn't find my wallet i was like oh my this is so frustrating and so now it's it's really starting to worry me like it's not good we we use iccu so you can like the card control app is amazing so i can without calling them to cancel the card i can freeze the card to make sure i don't have to get in like i can i can control that myself so i have the cards canceled and i'm, I'm making nothing's going on and it had been a week it had been 5 days so a full work week couldn't find my wallet Came home and I was like, "Babe, I can't. I just can't find my wallet." And, she, and of course, my wife's super. Cons she's super consoling and comforting. She's like, 
Not, not at all. And, uh, and I'm sitting there on the couch, and my littlest guy, his name's Hudson, he was about six years old at the time, and he walked up to me, and, and I said, hey, Hudson. Uh, I said, Daddy lost his wallet. I'm kind of bummed out. And he's like, oh, it's okay, Daddy. Do you need some of my treasure? <laughs> and I, I was like, that's great, bud. I, I don't need He's like, I've got a lot of treasure. He's like, I can, I've got treasure. And I, I said, well, I said, no, I, I'm, I'm good. I'll, I'll have to order new, new cards and stuff. And he said, well, do you want to see my treasure? And I said, well, well, let me see your treasure. So <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with taking a loan from your kids, right? So, so I, I go over to his room with him, and he, he opens up the closet. And at the back of the closet behind all the toys is a shoebox. And he takes the shoebox out. He says, Dad, this is my treasure. And he, he looks at me. He's got this grin like Pirates of the Caribbean. He's like, <laughs> he opens the shoebox, and inside of the shoebox is his, his treasure, also known as my wallet. <laughs> he's, uh, he, he take, all the cards are out. I mean, everything's taken out. Like he's, he's gone through it all. He's like, look at my treasure. I'm like, that's not your treasure. Because it's one thing when you're missing something and you want to be missing it, right? Like when you're just playing hide and seek, like that's cute, like that's fine. I'm playing hide and seek, that's great. But when you really need something, it's a totally different thing. Yeah. And, and, and I just want to say that there are, there are some things in life that we really need to be looking for. And, and the truth is, I, I was looking for my wallet. There's the culprit right there. And uh, I love you, boy. And <clears throat> I was looking for my wallet, but the truth is we're all looking for something, aren't we? We're all looking for maybe a sense of purpose, maybe, maybe connection, emotional connection to somebody, maybe emotional fulfillment. Maybe, maybe for you what you're looking for is an advancement in your career or, or maybe you're looking for financial freedom or maybe you're looking for that relationship that should soothe your soul. I, I just want to say like it's, it's cute when we're playing hide and seek, but when we're looking for something that's truly lost, it's a desperate feeling. And I want you to know that in the same way that although I searched my office and I went back to every store I had shopped at, and although I had, I had plundered my house looking for my wallet, my wallet was no less than 30 feet from the place I laid my head down to sleep. I want you to know that what you're searching for in life, what you're looking for, it's actually not far from you. It's, it's actually not gone. It's not far. It's actually quite close. And here's what the Bible says in Psalm 105 verse 4. It says, to seek the Lord and his strength, to seek his presence continually. We've been, we've been talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the moving of the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you this, that critical to any endeavor you do in life, anything you try to achieve in the kingdom of God, anything you try to accomplish in the world around you, the greatest key is to seek the things of God, to seek after his face. In this verse, it says the, the presence of God. The Hebrew word there literally means face of God. To search for his face. Deuteronomy chapter 4, 29 says it like this. But, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search after him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. 
I'm here to tell somebody today that, that you might have walked in the door thinking you were looking for something different. Maybe you thought you were looking for encouragement, six steps to a better life, three steps to a better marriage, like you're looking for seven steps to financial freedom. And what I'm telling you is this, that what you ultimately need in life is not a, a, a seven steps to, to be a better parent. What you really need in life is to seek the things of God, to seek the face of God, because you'll find him. You'll find him. Jeremiah 29.11 is is a very common Bible verse. Many of you maybe have it uh, in a a plaque in your bathroom, or maybe it's tattooed on your body somewhere. It says this, "For, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare. <laughs> I didn't want the welfare plans, God. <laughs> like I, was, I wanted the good job plans. I didn't want the welfare. <laughs> he said, I got plans for welfare. He means like good plans. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it's funny. <laughs> and, and not plans for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And contextually, this isn't like the world is going great and the world is like cotton candy and gummy bears. Like, I've got great plans for you. It's amazing. What's going on is the children of Israel are going into exile. Like the the Babylonians are wiping them out. They're they're dragging them out by their hair. And God says, this is not the end. I've got a plan for you. I've got got a plan to prosper you. I've got a plan to give you a hope. Like it may feel desperate right now, but I've got a plan to give you a hope and a future. I'm just telling somebody today, it may feel dark right now. It may feel as though there's no hope. It may feel as though it's just day by day. But God has a plan that goes above every scheme of the enemy. God has a plan that supersedes every bad decision we make. God has a plan and a future for your life. And two verses later, he says this. He says, I got a plan for you. And two verses later, he says... You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. He's saying, you're going to find me. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I have sent you. Listen, I'm just telling somebody today that the number one priority in your life is to seek God. The greatest thing you could do with your life is begin to seek after God. And, and right now, I know that there are more than likely some, some biblical scholars in the room that, that want me to clarify, and so I will. But pastor, isn't it God that seeks after you? Yes and yes. God does seek after us, and, and the way God seeks after us can be seen in the, the parables that Jesus shares of the, the, the woman with the lost coin and the sheep that, that is lost from the fold and the son that, that wanders off to a pig field by himself. Like These parables share what it means for God to seek us. What, what it means is God is the kind of God that seeks after lost people. 
He's the kind of God, he doesn't care how far you've strayed, how much you've been discarded, how much you feel like you've lost your value. He's the kind of God that will chase you down. He's the God that goes to the highways and the byways. He looks behind every hedge to find his lost daughter or his lost son. I'm just saying it doesn't matter how many marriages you've had, he's still looking. It doesn't matter how much struggle you've had with addiction, he's still looking. It doesn't matter how discouraged you are from the state of life that you're in, he's looking for you. Because he looks for lost things. Like our world is the kind of world that it discards broken things. We live in a world that's like anytime something's broken, we, we throw it away and we get right back on Amazon and buy a new one. But we serve the kind of God that does not abandon lonely people. We serve the kind of God that he does not disown discouraged people. He doesn't cancel us because we said the wrong words. He is a God of grace and a God of mercy. And if you feel far from him today, my message to you is that he is chasing after you. He's seeking after you. That's the, that's the grace of God. But that's not the goal of God. The, the grace of God is that he chases after lost people, but the goal of God is that found people would then turn and chase after him. He, he, he's not looking for a one-way relationship that he's, he's constantly pursuing someone else. I think that you guys call this thirsty. Like, like, he, he, like he's, not, he's, not, he's not just chasing after you. He wants to find you and then to have you chase him. He wants you to seek him, promises throughout scripture that those that seek God with all their heart and with all their soul, they will find him. So some of us, what we do is we, we just stay in the place of God looking for us. We just say, like, if, if God's going to look for me, I'm just going to just kind of stay on the, on the edges. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep going. Let God keep chasing me. I'm just, I'm just telling you, like, God... Some of us make God real tired chasing us. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just like, oh my, like, come back. He's just, he's, we wear him out because we never stop and start chasing him. It's like the preacher that said, you know, I finally just gave in to the calling. It's like, was it that bad? Like, that bad to do what you felt like God was, maybe he wasn't calling you to do it if it was that bad for you. I just want you to know today that, like, my heart is I want to go after the things of God with everything I've got. Like, if God's got more for me, I want more. Like, if God's got hope for me, I want hope. If God's got a blessing for me, I want the blessing. If God's got correction for me, I want the correction. I'm going to seek the face of God. Somebody might say, well, what is my purpose in life? Well, to start with, your purpose in life is to seek God. Amen. Do I have any Bruce Springsteen fans? Didn't sound very convincing. <laughs> All my 80s people, you're, you're just being quiet. I don't know. Hey, guess what? Like the, the, high, the crew socks and the shorty shorts are back. So like you can, be a little, you can, you can walk proudly. <laughs> the mullet is back too. Oh. He, he wrote, he's, remember the song, Hungry Heart? 
Everybody has a hungry heart. Like you two. You two song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I'm just saying, like, there is something in the human heart that is looking, it is searching. You may have come here today, and, and you weren't thinking, like, I desperately need God. You're probably thinking, I need to make friends. I'm new to Idaho. And I'm just telling you, what you actually need is the presence of God. There's this quote that's attributed to G.K. Chesterton, which Every quote gets attributed to uh, Abraham Lincoln or G.K. Chesterton. Chesterton did not say this. But the quote they say, they, they say he said, that he did not say it, <laughs> is that every man who knocks on the door of a brothel is looking for God. I'm saying every single place, even the places that are low in your life, that you find yourself looking towards, looking for hope, looking for some sort of satisfaction from, you may not recognize that, but underneath that core desire is a desire to find God. Behind every illicit relationship you chased, you were truly looking for some sort of satisfaction that can only come from God. Through every sort of business deal that you just kept piling on top and kept piling on top, you were looking for some sort of success that only comes from God. Because the truth is that you can acquire all the things and like you can have all the nice stuff and you can have the house, you can have the picket fence, you can have the car, you can have all the things, but the things will never satisfy you like a connection with God. You can have all the people speak nice about you and think really good about you and you be respected in the community, but what you're really looking for is to seek the presence of God. Like, like you could have all the ambition in the world and you could be build an empire and you can raise a great family with great ambition but the truth is that at the very core of that desire is a hope to seek God and find his face yes. so when we seek God it sets our, our priorities in life the, the priority is, is seeking God. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. It says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? He's saying, don't be anxious about the things. We get so worried about the physical things. Like, how, how am I going to pay for this? How, what, how, where am I going to work, or what am I going to wear? He said, don't, don't be anxious about all the physical stuff. For the Gentiles or the, the people that are not of the household of faith, they seek after, after all those things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I'm just telling you, he knew you would face the distractions of accumulating stuff and having stuff in your garage. He knew you'd face the distractions of thinking you needed the newest car on the market. He knew you'd face the distractions of thinking that you've got to be connected to the right people. And I'm telling you, he says this, you can chase the physical stuff and miss the spiritual stuff, but if you chase the spiritual stuff, you gain the physical stuff. On, so yeah. He'll take 
care of you. This is, this is what happens when, when we find Jesus, uh, he's talking to this a wealthy ruler, a young man. The Bible calls him, like his name in the Bible is the rich young ruler. Like that's a pretty, pretty cool name, like the rich, rich young ruler. And he comes to Jesus and he says, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, well, how do you read? And the guy says, well, do this, 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 this. Jesus says, well, are you? He says, I've done it for my life. I've done it since I was born. I'm, I'm, a, I'm amazing. He says, I've, I've crossed every T. I've dotted every I. Done it all. And Jesus says, well, you're missing one thing. He says, you need to sell everything you own and give it to the poor. Now, people have misunderstood this, this passage and said, oh, Jesus is saying we need to have poverty. Look, you're not a faithful person unless you have poverty in your life. You need to just, just struggle all your days. No, that's not what Jesus is doing. Jesus is saying, you thought I was more interested in you getting it right. What I'm more interested in is your priorities. Come on. I'm more interested that you would seek me above making sure everything looks perfect and in its fancy box. Because God does care about your soul and God does care about your home and God does care about your children and God does care about your career and God does care about your education. But what he asks you to do is to seek him first to get your soul right and he'll get the rest right. So seeking God, it, it sets our priorities in place. But the truth is, our priorities determine what we seek. So what do, what do you prioritize? What, what, what are the things that are most important to you? What are the things that you will drop other things to do? Because that will tell you what you actually seek. What are the things you will spend your money on without telling your wife about? Because that will tell you what you're actually seeking. Just got quiet. Real quiet. Hunting gear. That's mine. <laughs> now she knows. What do, you, what do you seek? Because it, it'll show you where your priority really is. The second thing is this, that, that seeking God, it sets our direction. It sets the course of your life. When you decide, I, I'm just going to seek God, it, it sets the path in front of you. There's this passage in 1 Chronicles chapter 28. It says this. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father. It's an instruction. Know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and he understands every plan and thought. And if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Some of you are hung up on cast you off forever. This is an Old Testament passage. In the New Testament, we have access to the throne room of God every day, no matter what has happened. But the principle remains. 
the principle. He's telling his son Solomon. He's saying, Solomon, listen, if you seek God with all your heart and with a willing mind, you will find him. But if you don't, you will find that you are far from him. Like, like you get to determine if you seek him or if you go away from him. Like, it, like I, guys, I grew up in, I grew up in mean church. Anybody? Anybody else grow up in mean church? Okay, I, that's what I grew up in. I, I affectionately call it mean church. Um, we had this word we would use for this. It's a very churchy word. And when I said it last service, there were gasps from the crowd. Backslide is what we called it. Backslide. It's an, it's an older churchy word. And I've searched the Bible, and the only place I've ever seen it use the word is it's actually talking about a cow. And so it's talking about a cow that is, is backsliding down the hill. So the cow's going up a muddy hill, and it begins to backslide down the hill. It's trying to go up the hill, but it's sliding. You guys get the picture, right? This, this is the image that the scripture gives us. This, this cow sliding backwards down a hill. And I, I'm just saying, like, I think that I've been there before. I think there's lots of times in my life when if I was being honest with myself, I was, I was trying to do what's right. I was trying to go the right way, but I was sliding back down the muddy hill. And, and I'm saying, like, th the goal is let's seek God because it sets the course or the direction of our life. I'm just telling somebody, like, if you're sliding down that muddy hill, you need to get around other godly people to help you up the hill. This is why we do groups as a church. We don't do groups so we can, like, retain people or whatever. That's not what it's for. What it's for is this, is Jesus only discipled people in groups. He, he evangelized or he reached lost people one-on-one. -on -one. But when he was teaching people how to live a godly life, he did it with other people. And so we get together into groups so that we can do life together. Some, some groups are going to be like getting into the word of God. Some are going to be like we're just going to go golfing together. But as we golf, we're going to talk about life and pray together. And I'm going to learn where you're hurting. You're going to learn what I'm hurting. And we're going to support each other. And what happens is iron sharpens iron and we grow. So when we seek God, it, it sets the direction of our life. Because God is always, somebody's got their timer out. <laughs> people, people, I get it. I was long-winded for service. Because I was honoring people from 9-11. Stop it. That's your team at the church. They're like, on it. <clears throat> Listen, God wants you to move forward, not slide backwards. God wants you to, to move forward. And, and I think we misunderstand this idea. We think that moving forward looks like big chunks, big leaps. Maybe the band could come as I, as I, as I kind of land this plane since the timer went off. <laughs> People. 
I know what we're talking about on Tuesday. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but landing, like the, the big, the big moments are not what moving forward looks like, people. It's not the big moments. We think that all oh, the big moment of God moving me forward, like seek, seeking him and moving forward in my life, it's, it's when I uprooted and I moved to a different state and I found myself in Idaho and they don't actually have potatoes. They've got, they've got beets <laughs> that smell like peanuts. Maybe you thought like the big moment was when, when like you finally got married. That's a big moment. It is a big moment, but it's, the big moment was when you finally got that promotion at work. You finally got that title on your door. You're thinking moving forward is I finally got that big house that, that I finally got recognized for all the work I've been putting in. And can I just tell you, like those things are all nice. I'm glad you're getting a promotion in your career. I'm glad you got the nice house, but understand this, with the nice big house comes lots of carpet to clean. And with the recognition comes something to maintain. And I'm just telling somebody today that if you want to find purpose and find meaning that lasts. It only comes when we seek God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, all of our strength, all of our soul. Like these big moments, like the legacy offering we're gonna do in November, like that's a big moment, but, but that's not moving forward. Moving forward is someone saying, I'm just going to start being faithful in small things. Like, like moving forward isn't fancy and extravagant. Moving forward is like last Thursday night during a pursuit night, just some people showing up at the church just saying, I just want to pursue the presence of God. I want to learn to hear his voice. I, I, want, to, I want to learn to recognize how he speaks to me. Like that's moving forward. Just saying, I'm just going to seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to let him add what needs to be in my life, but I'm going to pursue God. And I'm telling you, you'll find a meaning in life. You'll find purpose in life if you'd seek first things of God. If you stand with me, I'm just going to read a couple, couple more verses. Hebrews 11, 16, or 11, 6 says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. If you desire to draw near to God, you've got to believe that he exists. And the next, the next test is this. You've got to believe that he will reward you for seeking him. You know, when I was young, I, I was about 13 years old when I first felt called to ministry. Um, the first time I ever preached, I was eight years old. 
so I should be a lot better. Um, but when I first felt called to ministry, I was 13 at a youth camp. And the word we would use to describe how I was, um, we would say, I was on fire. Anybody ever heard that term? Like, I was on fire for God. Man, I, 13 years old, I would, like, read three chapters of the Bible a day. I would pray. I would fast. I'd like, seeking, like, a pretty intense kid. And you know what discouraged me? Like, I was on fire, but you know what, what would quench my flame? It was not that I went to a high school that was filled with drugs. That didn't mess my flame up at all. It, it, what, it didn't mess up my flame that I didn't have any Christian friends. That, that was fine. The hardest thing for me in living for God when I was younger was having people that are supposed to be living for God whose flames were out walking beside me. And their dead flame doused mine. I'm saying, what would happen if you said, I'm just going to press into the things of God. I'm just telling somebody today, it would transform your life and it would affect somebody else around you. Pressing into the things of God. What, what would happen in your life if you said, for this fall, just for the next few months, I'm just going to I'm just going to seek first God. I'm going to press into God first before everything else. What would happen? Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 42. It says, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts God, for the living God. When shall I come before and appear? Uh, when shall I come and appear before God? I'm just saying that the psalmist is describing something so beautiful here. He's saying, My soul desires God like a deer in a desert desires water. Like, like I will run for miles to find the water. Like, like I, once I know where the water is, I don't stray far from the water. In fact, if you've ever been out hunting, you understand this, the number, like when we hunt, what we do is we look for habitat. Like a deer is going to come to the water, most likely the same time every day. Because when you understand that there's freshness, that there's renewal at the streams of living water, God can do something powerful in your life. And I'm just telling somebody today, what would happen if you said, my soul, I'm just going to thirst for God like, like a deer that's been in a desert. I'm going to pursue the presence of God. I don't care what those around me are doing, but I'm just going to search for the presence of God. It'll satisfy you like nothing else will satisfy you. It'll quench your thirst like nothing else can quench your thirst. David says this in Psalm 27. He says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. He's king of a nation, and he says, there's one thing I want. I just want to be close to God. Here's the beauty of it all. 
in Acts chapter 17. Luke is he's writing about people that um, from the nations seeking God. And he says this, that, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way, their way towards him and find him. He's saying that the people of the world will seek after God, and when they do so, it's like they're seeking. They're, they're playing hide and seek. Like, are you over here? Are you, where are you at? I, I, I don't see you. I'm feeling for you. And then he says this, and yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Maybe that's you today. You've been, you've been searching, feeling, trying to find him, looking here and looking there, and just what? I'm telling you, he's not far He's like a wallet that was misplaced, but it was really just stolen by a six-year-old. The whole time, I threw my house into a wreck looking for my wallet. The whole time, I was blaming someone else for having taken my wallet. The whole time, I, I thought it must be somewhere else, and the truth was it was no farther than 30 feet from where I laid my head down to sleep. And I'm just telling you, presence of God is close. That he's as close as just whispering his name. That's the kind of God we serve. Would you raise your hands? When we raise our hands in, in church, it's not just a just a, a sort of a thing we do, like a trendy thing. I, I think I'm going to teach about this. It, the Bible instructs us to lift up holy hands before God. It's, it's, it's an instruction. In the Old Testament, they did a wave offering before God. Like, they, they wave. Like, hands raised, is a, it's a universal sign of, you're the boss, I'm surrendering. God, right now, I pray for every man, woman, old person, young person, child in this room that as we turn our eyes towards you to look upon you, God, that your face would shine upon us. God, I pray that those that are seeking you for the very first time, that they would hear your voice and, and, and know your sound. God, I pray that, you, that we become so attuned and so accustomed to hearing from you that it would become common, it would become recognized, that it would become instinctual. God, I pray right now for those that, that they've walked uh, on the fence for years and, and they're not sure which way they're going to go. I pray that right now in this moment there would be somebody that place a stake in the ground and say, I'm moving forward into the things of God. God, I pray right now that hearts would turn, that they would transform towards your image, God, that we would be people who are likened unto your face. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray you would meet us here. You'd meet us in our homes. You'd meet us in our times of prayer. That we would hear your voice. And we would lead our families the way you instruct us. That we would conduct our business the way you call us to. Maybe there's somebody in the room for you, like you love the idea of like seeking God, but if you were honest with yourself, you'd say, I'm actually quite far from God. I'm nowhere near where I need to be. If that's you today, right now, you can change that. 
If you're far from God and you need that God that searches for lost people to find you, would you just put your hand up so I can see where you're at? Come on, I see those hands. I see some bold hands. Listen, what we're going to do is very simple. We're going to repent and believe. Repent means we turn away from the things that we think, do, or say that displease God. We're going to believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. His blood's going to cleanse us from sin. He's going to put us in a relationship with him. Pray this with me right now. If you raised your hand, pray this with me. God, I'm, I'm sorry for the things in my life that I know don't please you. Would you forgive me? I believe that Jesus died on a cross, was buried for three days, and rose again with all power in his hands. Right now, I'm placing all of my faith and all of my hope in him. Say these words. Jesus, be the Lord of my life, and I'll follow you every day that I live. Come on, church family. There's some people that just made the best decision. Best decision of their life. Best decision of their life. And as I close, I, 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 I went a little long, whatever. Sorry. We're not at three services yet, so I'm taking advantage of it. You might be saying, well, preacher, how do you make this practical? Seeking God, how do you make that practical? Here's how you make it practical. I, I live and I die by this thing right here. I do. If, if something is not in my calendar, it doesn't exist. I had a guy call me first thing in the morning on Thursday and said, hey, are we still on for, for 9 o'clock? And I looked at my, my calendar and I said, nope. You want to know why? Because we texted, but I never put it Never put it here. And so something else filled the nine o'clock spot. You're, you can have the idea, like, I want to seek God, but if you don't actually take a practical step to prioritize it, you never will. So here's what you do if you want to seek God. You get out your calendar and you block out a time and a location. You need two things, a time and a location where you're going to get a hold of God, you're going to read his word, and you're going to be open to him. That's how you do it. It's got to be in your calendar. For some of you, that's your homework. Your homework is not high and lofty. Your homework is finding a little bit of time and a spot where you're going to meet God every day. Is that all right? God bless you guys. Let's, let's, uh, we're going to sing. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. Well, we love you guys and let's continue to love God, love people and change the world.